Welcome to Inside the Nest, episode eight. I can't believe we're moving on this quickly here. We've got a really exciting episode planned for you today. Cody Jamison, Halifax Thunderbirds captain joins and the most recent first round pick in the 2020 NLL entry draft, Ethan Riggs will also join us. But up first is Jammer. So Cody Jamison, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, appear on episode eight here. Thanks for having me, Tyson. I didn't know if I'd ever get the chance. Yeah, we, uh, we're saving the best for later in the season, I want to say. But, uh, Cody, you've been <laughs> quite quite the busy guy. Lots on the go as of late. I know the cancellation of the season has to be tough, but uh, you've managed to stay quite busy, like I said. Uh, a new podcast that has uh, an episode under your belt, Coffee with the Boys. Can you tell me a little bit about that project? Yeah, it's just been a fun little thing uh, with – with Kyle Jackson and Luke Magnin and, uh, you know, our, the media guru himself, uh, Charlie Ragusa. Um, you know, it was coffee with Kyle and I was an avid listener, but he kind of wanted to rebranch and, uh, you know, add me and Luke with them. So, um, we were more than happy to join him. You know, we're just kind of there to support, I guess. And, you know, KJ's really the mastermind and does all the work. It's really cool to give a voice to the players and have a players only podcast, essentially. Uh, what's kind of the goal moving forward with this? Well, we wouldn't necessarily call ourselves just a lacrosse podcast where, you know, I would think after the first two episodes here, I think we talked, you know, 70, 75% about non-lacrosse stuff. Um, so we just kind of like to get together and talk and we'll see where this goes. You know, we, uh, we had our first, we had our first guest on last night. The podcast will be released on Thursday. So uh, look forward to that. And uh, you know, we're just looking to see how far it will take us really. I've talked a, a bit about uh, how busy you've been. You've just been named an Ontario junior A lacrosse league governor as well. What impact would you like to make with that league there? Well, I think uh, I think the news of of another junior A league really took my community by surprise. Um, the fact that some of our boys wouldn't be competing for the Minto Cup, you know, uh, you know, really shook me and, and shook a lot of my a lot of my you know peers as well as the group of kids who are currently um, playing junior and and striving to win a Minto Cup, like you know the teams in the teams that you know previously you know i've happened to win one i went to four and won one so i know how hard it is to win um and a lot of guys uh you know didn't get the chance to win i was only the second team from six nations here to win i was a part of the second team to win and you know a lot of people you know wish that they could have had that opportunity um to you know to not only play but to to win a minto cup um, so the, with that new league, uh, you know, all the support to them, you know, obviously the more lacrosse, the better, um, hopefully more kids will stay playing lacrosse, you know, after midget and after minor lacrosse, but, um, just for the fact of our community, not being able to play in the Minto cup, I had to move forward and, uh, you know, make sure that the team stayed in the OLA and make sure that, you know, six nations will be competing for the Minto cup for a long time. Cody, while we're on this topic, what, what do you feel that the sport of lacrosse has to do in order to grow just across the board, you know, between field, um, box, the junior level, the minor level and, and the professional level? I think, you know, we just need to get eyes on it. You know, um, not too many people that that watch lacrosse um, 
think that it's boring or think that it sucks. You know, I think uh, a lot of a lot of people who see it for the first time, they'd be getting they become infatuated with it and they become, you know, fans, maybe not diehard fans, but they become fans and they they're really intrigued and they want to see more. So if we can get more sport, more people playing the sport, um, more people giving it, a, you know, the old college try, I think that'll go a long way. You got to see that firsthand in Halifax this uh, past season, I guess, in uh, in 2020, which was unfortunately cut short. But what was the experience like there, seeing the game kind of blossom and the city of Halifax really, you know, taking to the sport? Yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was amazing to see um, and to be a part of. You know, we, uh, we, we felt like we were... Uh, you know, and to have, you know, the, the fan support that we had in our first year was remarkable. You know, where a lot of us uh, came from with our former team, we had some some good fans, but they weren't, you know, really, re- really loud or they weren't really into it. Or, you know, we didn't really have that distinct home floor advantage where I feel right from the very first game in Halifax, you know, we knew that we had a distinct home floor advantage that could rival, you know, any in the league, all the other you know, big time clubs that people talk about like Buffalo or, you know, Calgary, um, Colorado, everybody with a big, big, loud fan. I think, I think Halifax really, you know, set ourselves up and put us on the map when it comes to, you know, home floor advantage for um, fan atmosphere. Uh, Cody, back in 2017, uh, actually, I think it was 2018, uh, the Rochester Nighthawks went on that run to the finals. And I was uh, lucky enough to, to be able to cover the team and be around the club. And there was just something special about um, that roster that year. You could really feel it. There was a, an aura about the club. Um, I've noticed a, a bit of um, a similar atmosphere there. And, and when I was on hand for the draft back in September, I could really feel it was just a family that is being built with Halifax. What can you tell me about the the mood, the vibe in the, the dressing room and, um, and just, you know, amongst the people in the organization? Yeah, I think Kurt has done a, you know, terrific job, you know, putting the pieces together to, to make us, uh, you know, feel that comfortable. Um, our time in Rochester, it uh, you know we had some very good teams and some very close teams, but I feel you know the move definitely helped our team come together even more than than it already was. You know, we were one of the fortunate teams where we fly together every every almost every week. So going to Halifax, we would all meet at the airport, and that just gave us that much longer together um, without any distractions. Uh, when we would drive to Rochester, obviously we would drive with the same group of guys every week, and you know. S- sleep in the you know have our own roommates uh the same roommates every week so it just became kind of mundane and kind of and kind of scheduled where you know with the everybody meeting at the airport um you know having lunch with everybody getting to know everybody a little bit more you know and and then once you get to halifax you know going out to eat you don't have your own car or anything so you travel in bunches and that just uh you know improved our improved our dynamic but um with the group of beauties that we got in there, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's always fun and it's never, and it's ne- there's never a dull moment, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, withers withers chirping somebody or, or somebody or, or a guy like Bushy chirping him, you know, it's always fun and it's always lighthearted. 
you know, and and especially I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, Coach Akersey, you know, he definitely keeps it keeps the mood light. You know, maybe not at practice where people are calling him Captain Blood, but um, you know, during during shoot arounds, play you know, playing music during shoot arounds, um, you know, keeping it light, having fun, um, also being one of the guys, you know, chirping guys and you know, challenging guys to shoot offs and and things like that. You know, we're I think uh, you know how the this group is just fun to be around. Uh, a pretty successful inaugural season in Halifax. The team was on a serious run, picked by some to you know go on to win the championship. If it would have happened, uh, again, was cut short. But um, what do you feel that the team might be able to clean up in order to make a serious run at a championship in 2022? Yeah, so you know, relatively, we're still pretty young. Um, you know, maybe not myself and, and Scott Campbell, but and uh, well, I'd be um, and, and Banesh, but uh, for the most part, you know, we're still getting our feet wet. Um, some of our guys, uh, we we were fortunate to go to the championship a few years back in in that in that draft class's rookie year, but you know, they still got all their years ahead of them. So, I think uh, you know one of the one of the biggest and one of the best things is that is that our our core of guys are still very very young, and you know. It takes it takes a, a little bit of, to learn in this league. You know, a lot of people, there's a lot of great players, and a lot of people have won many championships, and so you just can't come in and uh, and expect to expect to be great right away. Um, I think after these past few years, we've had, you know, we've gone. This group has gone to the championship, and we've also missed the playoffs. You know, so I think we're right on the right on the verge and right on the cusp of doing something great. Uh, Cody. With this team, you know, you've seen clips of you uh, addressing the troops really in a huddle, and it's something that's pretty special to watch. You really do have the attention of everyone on the team. What is it that you're telling the group, you know, game in and game out, be it in the dressing room or in that huddle pregame? Yeah, it's always different. Um, you know, sometimes it's a joke, sometimes it's a story. Um, you know, usually just ending it on, on, uh, you know, telling them that I love them and telling them that, uh, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to work and everybody's going to do their job. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the inclusion and empowerment program, uh, which you've been involved with a great initiative by the Thunderbirds. Um, you know, it, it's great to give people a platform to speak up and, you know, for others to be able to listen. You've been a part of uh, some weekly calls. What's one thing that's maybe jumped out to you or, or um, kind of surprised you with what you've heard on these calls and, and in these conversations? Um. I guess I'm just surprised on the amount of the amount of work being put in Halifax or in the surrounding areas to grow the game of lacrosse. Um, there's a lot of organizations and a lot of people, you know, putting in hours and hours, uh, you know, because of their love of lacrosse and, and trying to grow lacrosse and and you know trying to get more more people playing sticks in more hands. You know, having kids uh, with that same smile that we all grew up on. You know, learning the game, learning how to pass, learning how to catch. Uh, and even down to learning how to pick up a ball. So I think that's the that was the biggest thing where we felt like there wasn't very many lacrosse programs or there wasn't very many lacrosse players in Halifax or in Nova Scotia. But, you know, I quickly saw that, you know, there there's a, there's a fair amount and it's only growing. And, uh, you know, so I think that's, you know, one thing that the Thunderbirds organization does a great job at where, 
you know, we're definitely helping and we want to help, you know, grow the game in Nova Scotia. I've talked about how busy you've been, obviously, with the inclusion and empowerment program. You spoke at LaxCon back in uh, January. You're, you're always involved at the grassroots level, like, again, now becoming a, a governor in Ontario Junior A Lacrosse. Uh, why is it important for you to, to kind of have your hand in uh, so many different places of the game of lacrosse? And what legacy do you want to leave behind um, when you kind of walk away from, from the game, maybe just as a player? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I owe, I owe everything to lacrosse. I owe, uh, you know, I owe everything I've got. Um, it gave me a college education. You know, I, I met all my best friends and, and, uh, you know, most of my friends through the game, um, gave what, you know, went to university, had a lot of good times, got to travel the world. So, you know, everything, uh, you know, almost everything I had world is, is, you know, from, from picking up the stick and, you know, I just want to give that same opportunity to as many as many youth and as many people as I can. Um, you know, it was it was special, and you know, I've I've told this story before, but growing up, growing up, you know, we didn't we didn't have too much, and uh, you know, I didn't have too many friends, but my lacrosse stick, you know, was kind of like my best friend, where I played with it every day. I took it to the grocery store. You know, I slept with it. I t if we went to for a walk in the park or if we went to a festival, you know, my stick came with me. And I just cradled and I just, you know, played with it and had fun. And, uh, you know, if that's uh, if that's what another kid needs, maybe maybe he just needs to, to feel it and feel that that power and that medicine in it. Um, Cody, we've got Ethan Riggs, who is going to be joining uh, on here in just a little bit. I want to know from one first round pick uh, to another, what is maybe some of the pressures that, that come with being a first round pick in the National Lacrosse League? And, and what would you tell him? What what advice would you give to him? Well, I would I would just tell him, uh, you know, pressure is a privilege. Um, you know, it's you're you're very privileged if you uh, if you have to feel that pressure, and uh, not everybody gets to feel that way. Um, and to just keep doing what he's been doing, you know, he's been playing lacrosse long enough. Um, he knows uh, you know how to how to play the game, obviously, or else he wouldn't have been drafted that high. Um, just keep playing the game. You know, work hard and, uh, you know, he maybe, maybe hang around, maybe eat lunch with Graham Hossack, lunch and dinner with Graham Hossack and uh, see if you can get in that mind a little bit. Uh, Cody, I gave fans the opportunity to submit their questions and uh, we're live right now. So fans, if you're watching, you do have questions for Cody Jamison or for Ethan Riggs, please submit them now. But I have one here from uh, Rob Josie and he says, will you play in the PLL this summer or will any of your teammates? So you, are you planning on uh, staying involved in the field game? It's been a few years. Um, it's been a few years since I played. I think I had maybe a seven, a seven-year, eight-year uh, MLL career. Um, I don't know. Maybe if a team wants to take a chance on on, on a veteran, maybe uh, maybe I'll play. But um, I know I I know I I bought the pass last year, and I I watched a lot of uh, you know Water Dogs games uh, for Jake Withers and. Um, we all, you know, we're very happy to see him out there and support him and, and all, and all our guys, you know, uh, we got a few guys who played and a few guys coming over after the MLL. So, um, even if I don't play, I'm looking forward to, you know, to watching them. Uh, Nikki Keach says, Lily would love to know if she is still your princess <laughs> and she can't wait to see you and the guys uh, when you come to Rochester and play. So that's, a, that's another question we've got. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I was look actually looking forward to seeing everybody, all my old friends and uh, all my friends and 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 family and you know extended family in uh, Rochester. Unfortunately, the season canceled right before back to back weekends there, but you know I was definitely looking forward to to getting back to Rochester and putting on a show for them. Um, okay, one more question here, Travis. I, I want to get this right. I think it's Pilon, but he's he's asking if uh, if you miss him. And I think that goes back to a game in Saskatchewan where I think you were chirping at him from the penalty box and, and you sprayed him. <laughs> I think he was, or he was chirping yeah. at you, I should say, in the crowd. Yeah, that was one of my funnier moments because, uh, you know, he was, I, I love chirping. I love people chirping me. Um, yeah. It doesn't get in my head as much as people try to think so. And, uh, you know, I just enjoy it. I think it's funny and I laugh about it in the moment and I can laugh about it after, but. Um, that time I just kind of gave a spray of my water bottle through the, through the crack in the window and it, and it, you know, it got him pretty good. And so, uh, I think the NLL made a rule after, after that, where you know, <laughs> no anybody more. gets caught doing it, they get a fine or something, but, um, it was fun. Yeah. Hey, listen, it made for a great picture. So it's a, it's a pretty cool moment in time and we're talking about it here today. So all in good fun. <laughs> and uh, I, I think Travis, uh, you know, feels the same way, just having some fun there. Um, we we kind of got to this earlier, Cody, but um, you know, maybe, you know, aside from lacrosse, what are a few of the things that you like about Halifax and playing there? And that comes from Jeff Talon. Uh, first thing that came to mind that I liked about Halifax is definitely the Dornairs. Um, I'm a huge Dornair yeah. fan. I was uh, actually came to Halifax in 2007 for the World Championships, and that's where I kind of fell in love with them. You know, me and Sid were eating, you know, one sometimes two a day when we were there. So, uh, and since 2007, we've always talked about like let's just take a road trip and let's just drive back there just to get Dornair, and then we'll drive back home. Um, you know, whatever, however long that would be, 26 hours or something like that. So uh, I've definitely always wanted to come back and, and definitely, you know, being able to play there this time around. Uh, well, the last time I did, but two, but for the hometown team uh, is really special. So should we be getting in contact with King Donaire about a Cody Jameson sponsorship? <laughs> Maybe have, have you the I face of King Donaire? Well, I got a T-shirt. They gave uh, they gave our whole team T-shirts. So I, uh, Don't I made a King. trade and got one for Sid too. Yeah, Donair King did. Donair King, see, I, I messed it up. That's 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 my fault. I need to get to Halifax and experience one of these. I have been, but never had uh, Donair King. So that's on my list of things to do. Um, Cody, I mean, we could talk lacrosse for, for so long. I, I do appreciate you uh, coming on here for episode eight of Inside the Nest. I'm sorry for keeping it so long, but uh, I'm sure- <laughs> I like we'll... the number, I like the number eight. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I was doing. I had that in mind as I was yeah. uh, scheduling the shows. But uh, really appreciate you coming on. I know you're a busy guy. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, you bring to the table. Um, we've all been waiting so long for lacrosse, and I know that you've got quite a bit left in the tank, and it's going to be quite an ex exciting 2022 season here. So uh, thanks again, Cody. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to getting back. Cody Jameson, the Halifax Thunderbirds captain right there. As I said, Cody, uh, a great leader on the turf, off of the, the lacrosse field as well. Done so much for the game of lacrosse, and uh, it was great to have him on and, and kind of hear from him. And we get from one first-round pick to the next, and that is 
Ethan Riggs. He was selected 11th overall by the Thunderbirds in the 2020 NLL entry draft back in September. And uh, Ethan, pleased to have you on here and nice to chat for the first time. We got a frozen screen here. I can't hear Ethan. We're just going to wait one second and uh, see if we can get the connection back. Uh, Ethan stands at about six foot four now and uh, 215 pounds. So quite the big rig coming in, a uh, defensive specialist, if you will. I've had the chance to watch a couple of his clips and he really does lay the body quite hard. And uh, that's got <laughs> a lot of people on the Thunderbirds excited about uh, having him. There we go. We got him up on the screen now. Yeah, sorry Ethan, about thanks that. For joining. <laughs> it's all good, my friend. It's all good. Uh, welcome. Uh, let's let's go by, back to the start of, of your time with the Thunderbirds. What was the feeling like when you heard your name called uh, being selected 11th overall by the team back in September? Uh, it was, it was surreal to be honest with you. Like when I, when I first heard my name being called, I wasn't expecting it at all. Uh, just seeing the projections and how I was supposed to go somewhere in the second round and then hearing your name called in the first round by a team that well, where I have family out, out East as well. It's just, it's, it was crazy and just so surreal for me. So you got family out east. Uh, that was my next question. Have you been to the city of Halifax and what's your experience I, been like there? I have been just for a couple days. And honestly, it, it's so beautiful out there. Like I, I, I love the city of Halifax. It's, it's so nice. Um, didn't do too much there when I went there. It was just more of a stop, uh, stop for me. Um, but when I was there, it was a lot of fun for sure. Uh, when you hear your name called, you got to be thinking immediately. I know it was probably a little bit far away. I guess the the team was uh, expecting to play um, come you know November December. But uh, what are you thinking about there, just in terms of your preparation for the season and what you need to do to compete at the professional level? Uh, honestly, it was it was more of a thought of I need to get in shape and I need to get in shape fast. Uh, because I know these guys don't play around, uh, and I know it's going to be a huge jump from junior A. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just, like, it was just working out every day for me to just keep in shape, right? Um, it's it's almost so hard to get ready to actually play uh, in the professional leagues. Uh, you can train all you want, but nothing's like actually playing in it. Uh, Ethan, when you look at, at this team, you know, when it comes time for training camp, wh what are you setting your sights on? Is, is the goal to be on that opening night roster? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it'd be, it'd be awesome to get on that opening night roster for sure. Uh, I mean, like, even if I don't, I'm going to keep working hard and harder to eventually make that roster. Uh, I know I'll never stop working, uh, even if I get that opening night roster, I'm going to keep working harder and harder. You've certainly shown that over the years playing lacrosse. You've climbed from the junior C ranks to the junior B ranks and then to, to junior A playing with the Burlington Chiefs. You've taken a bit of an unconventional route to uh, the professional level. Uh, why junior C? Why junior B? And then making the jump to the A level. Um, well, when I first was, I played, so I played Oakville for my whole minor career and then I had to go to Hamilton. Uh, 
and no one really knew who I was. Um, so it was kind of a fresh slate for me. Uh, but when I got and tried out for Junior B, I didn't make the initial squad, so I went down to Junior C. Uh, I played a season with Junior C and AP'd a lot of games with uh, Junior B. Uh, so my first year of Junior C, we actually won the Meredith Cup. Uh, that was with Brantford. And then I moved up to Junior B. Uh, and then I, I think I AP'd one game with Junior A. And then the next year, I went to Junior A. So it was, I definitely got a taste of every level. That's for sure. And, and what has that kind of taught you just, just climbing those ranks? Um, honestly, it, it, it's taught me to, it's almost like a respect for each level. Like each level brings something that the other level doesn't. In Junior C, it, it's more of a tough, gritty, down to the bone, a lot of hitting game. Uh, junior B, it's a little bit of both speed and hitting. And then Junior A, it's just a different beast in itself. It's it's a lot faster, stronger. And then now now it's to make the jump to professional, I guess. Uh, we've talked about training and you saying that you need to stay on top of it. I had quite the fun chat today with your coach in Junior <laughs> A for the Burlington Chiefs. And that's Danny McRae, who's also the captain of the New York Riptide uh lots of fun I, I had no idea that he had known you as long as he did and that you guys actually uh, do some training together so um producer john's got the clip ready to go we'll uh we'll, we'll oh, no. take a look at that uh <laughs> let's go back to rigsy and just kind of looking forward to the future let's say he's on that opening night roster for the halifax thunderbirds and you're taking him on uh, playing for the riptide what are you saying to him in warm-up before you guys go head to head oh man I don't know, I might just have to remind him of a couple of uh, workouts where we're, you know, doing our, our one rep max or uh, we, we do a few that, uh, you know, are timed. And I just got to remind him how many years I have on him. Uh, I think I got a 12 or 13 years on him, but the old guy still beats him in a, in a couple of those races. So I don't, it doesn't have to be much. I'm just going to plant the seed just a little bit there and just, and just watch it <laughs> unravel. What's the feeling after hearing that? Well, I mean, I guess, I guess you got to let the old man win once in a while, right? So I mean, <laughs> if he tries to get in my head with that, I just, I'll just respond back with, uh, yeah, you know what, the old man, let him win a couple times. What would it feel like to to take on your, you know, a, a guy that you've kind of gr grown up with? Um, he said, mentioned there that uh, his younger brother is the same age as you. And then you're coaching in junior A at the professional level. That's got to feel pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, for it, it does for sure. Uh, just knowing Danny as long as I have, and then seeing him go from Rochester, uh, sorry, um, Calgary to uh, New York and all that stuff, and just having the thought of eventually playing against him, uh, it, it's it's crazy, uh, to be honest with you. And I've, and even like just some of the players I grew up watching, other than Danny, like, and being able to maybe play against them is just it's so mind-boggling for me uh and it'd just be awesome uh ethan we are going to be launching a new segment with halifax thunderbirds tv and that is called the breakdown so i get together with pat gregoire uh thunderbirds analyst and we kind of take a, a closer look at prospects or you know players in the organization and just break things down really. So we got together, we shot our first episode and uh, we wanted to give everyone a taste of that tonight. So 
producer John. He's got that clip as well. We'll kind of keep you on the line and we'll get a first uh, take from you about what you think about Pat's analysis of your play. Here's the clip. All right. Three, two, one. All right, Pat, with the cancellation of the 2021 NLL season, we haven't really had the chance to kind of dive in and take a closer look at some of the players that were picked in the 2020 NLL entry draft by the Halifax Thunderbirds. So we're going to break it down just a little bit today. I want to start by taking a look at Ethan Riggs, picked 11th overall in the 2020 draft. Just what does he add to this team? Uh, defensive coach Billy D. Smith, really high on this player, as is the rest of the organization. Absolutely. He went even as far to say that this is a guy that has the potential to be Graham Hossick without that offensive upside. And what he means by that is when he played with the Burlington Chiefs in Junior A, he's picking guys up and throwing to the ground. He's a dominant physical force. He's a big, big body that continues to get grow and uh, get more athletic. Uh, he's not just a big, slow body. He's fast. He can move. And, and he's a guy that has a very high ceiling. I don't know if he's going to break onto that roster right away and make an impact, uh, but this is a project that I know Billy D. Smith is excited to work with, and one day we can see him being a huge impact player for this T-Birds roster. Now, one of the things that really jumps out to me about this player is he had the chance to develop at the junior C level, then B, and then A, and we've seen uh, another player in Graham Hossick kind of take that same route. Just what does this say about his player and maybe his trajectory? I think it just shows you that he's a guy that continues to get better and better and he is willing to get better and better. He didn't hang it up after, you know, getting, uh, you know, playing junior C, playing junior B. He's worked all his way up to junior A. He even played in the arena lacrosse league. He's a guy that wants to get better and he continues to get better. He knows what he needs to get better at. He knows he's got that physical body. He knows he's strong and athletic. So it's the other parts of the game that he's working on to being that well-rounded defender. And I think you nailed it exactly. He's a guy that started in junior C and worked his way all the way up, much like a Graham Hossick. So another correlation there. And I mean, Tyson, if you get compared to Graham Hossick, even if you're just in the same sentence of the guy, that's very, very high praise. We throw the term generational talent around quite often. Uh, Graham Hostick may actually be that, as some have uh, proclaimed him as the number one player in the league. But uh, let's kind of move on past that. We'll take a look forward to the 2022 season. The Halifax Thunderbirds have a ton of depth, Pat. Uh, there's no denying that, especially on the back end. Uh, I mean, right through the roster, really. Ethan Riggs, just what does he need to do in camp in order to make the opening night roster? I think he's just got to be himself. Got to play that strong, physical, dominant role. Yes, you're a young kid coming into the National Lacrosse League, going up against grown men like Cody Jameson, Ryan Banesh. But just show, prove that you are ready to play at that next level. Don't try to be this other player uh, that you're not. Don't try to be a transition stud. Match the speed of Tyson Bell. You know, try to be this the player that, you know, this organization, Kurt Styers and, and Mike Kersey and Billy D. Smith were so high on. Do the things that you can. And I know he is capable of doing that. And I think he has to come into this camp knowing, listen, you're not going to log the minutes that a guy like Graham Hossick, Tyson Bell, as I just mentioned, someone who's coming into the organization or even a new player like David Brock. You're going to be a rookie. You're going to have to earn your floor time. And that starts on day one when he steps foot on 
training camp uh, uh, turf. Well, thanks a lot, Pat Gregoire. There's one thing we have no doubt about. Halifax Thunderbirds fans really excited to see what the big rig can do on the turf. <laughs>